0: Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it.
1: What we're going to do today is I'm going to be teaching, and we're going to be looking at the Word of God together, especially on the theme of wine and joy. But part of that is just going to be conversation with my friend Joyful Jonathan. And it was a, a number of years ago that a prophet, Bob Hartley, came and just had a word for Jonathan, you are joyful, Jonathan, and that's really true over you, Jonathan. And, um, you know, for those who are watching, I know you're in your home, but uh, I, I really was the only audience member here today because of the limitations down to 10 people, and the joy of the Lord was so strong in this in this worship, so thank you, guys, and I hope that uh, you were drinking at home and I just want to say thanks for the drinking songs Jonathan you know is we have worship songs and we have like breakthrough songs um when the uh Toronto blessing started we had a number of drinking songs that bang when every when the chords were hit all of a sudden everybody was drinking and so thank you for a couple of those drinking songs this morning it just really helped well anyways um Everybody, I'm glad to be with you, and we've been part of of this movement really for about 26 years. I had the privilege of being here for the opening weekend in January 20th, 1994, when the Holy Spirit uh, was poured out, and I'm just looking around here right on this floor uh, and thinking of the hundreds and thousands and probably tens of thousands of people whose lives were changed by the joy of the lord by an encounter of of wine and of course this house uh is uh on the street at well and so that's one of the prophetic riddles that the lord has put into revival we come to the well where we come at the well and we drink and we drink of living water but uh over 25 years uh, people have been coming here to drink also of the new wine. And so, like, some people, are, some people still have questions about what is the new wine and how does it come? And uh, others have questions like, well, really, is that just symbolic? Is that just a metaphor? Is that something real? Is it something, just a philosophy out there? Or is it real? So we want to, ah, excuse me, arriba. <laughs> Where's the camera? There's the camera. All right, everybody, receive the wine. And if I'm sitting here, and we have, we're, John, we're sitting here with Jonathan, and the wine comes upon us, I'm going to drink. And so I hope you don't mind if I drink and teach at the same time. So, um, yeah, so here's these questions. Like, what is, what is the wine? And um, I, I, I want to make reference to Isaiah 25, to, to start off today. Isaiah 25. And uh, it's, this is probably a scripture that not a lot of people have looked, like, looked at in the context of end-day revival and what's going to happen in end-day revival. So generally, so Jonathan, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a worldwide pandemic. And, and it just seems that when a lot of people talk about the end days, There's a lot of like bad news connected with that. You know, is this judgment? Is this darkness on the earth? And then all those things are prophesied um, regarding the end days and as we move towards the Lord's return. But the other side of us moving towards the Lord's return is that he's going to lift the curse and he's going to lift the darkness off of the earth with joy. So this is this parallel thing. And if, if you're not sure about that, we're going to just see that from Isaiah chapter 25. So it's, it, we're starting in verse 6. Uh, scripture says, The Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees. Now, you notice, Jonathan, there it says wines, not just one kind of wine.
0: Mine says refined wine. Refined (laughs) wines.
1: Okay. What what version are you reading? This is NASB. NASB. So I'm reading from the New King James. And so it says, so what it says is there's going to be a lot of wines that are being prepared by the Lord. And that is happening in our day. So we are in the day when we're moving towards the Lord's return. And yeah, there is the negative part. There's like the darkness part and there's going to be the shaking part because God is going to shake sin out of his creation. And that's what's happening right now. But at the same time, he's also preparing this feast of wines for us, right? Parallel to the the kind of the bad news, there's this good news. And we're in this. And, And so in verse seven, he says, and he will destroy on this mountain, the surface of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all the nations. So let's just stop there and and talk about that verse, Jonathan. Um, In God's preparation of his goodness and his substantial goodness, that is the feast he's preparing, as well as this real wine, this Holy Spirit wine, that he's preparing for us. This wine is, is becoming a weapon. It is becoming one of his instruments to remove darkness off of the earth. Now, specifically in uh, verse 7, there's, there, there's, there's two words that uh, are used there. He's going to uh, remove uh, or destroy the surface of the covering cast over all people. So this, the covering of darkness that the curse is brought, he's going to destroy that. How? Well, the previous verse indicates because he's throwing a party. The party breaks darkness off of us. We previously here in this building had the party is here conferences, and we're going to do those again. Um, And then the the last part of verse 7 says... He's going dist- to the, and the veil that is spread over all nations, and so a veil of unbelief, a veil of rejection, a veil of darkness. Whatever, what the enemy comes and puts veils over people's hearts th- through sin and the effects of sin. But the Lord says, "Here's a revelation of, of Isaiah 25." that the the joy of the wine helps break that veil over us. Ultimately, he's going to, with that wine, he's going to break the veil off of all of his creation. Now, that's amazing with this outpouring of this, this wine. But individually, our application here is that when we drink new wine, when we get flowing in the joy of the Lord and this weapon of the joy of the Lord, that breaks coverings of unbelief over our hearts. That breaks veils that have been put on our heart and on our, our mind. And it becomes a, uh, a weapon that the Holy Spirit uses to free us. He frees us by this, this new wine. And that's what he did in Acts chapter two. He poured out wind, fire, and wine, and all of a sudden, those people's hearts got free from the veil of unbelief about who Jesus the Messiah was. All of a sudden, they they got free to hear a word, and and they came into faith. And so this is an amazing um, uh, fact that we live in these days right now. And and you look at at verse 8. A uh, scripture says, "He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces." So he will swallow up death forever. That's a quote from First Corinthians 15, speaking about the resurrection. He, the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces. That's speaking uh, from Revelation. It's, we're going towards this this point in time where t- all tears are going to be wiped away where death will be swallowed up and one of the factors in this process is wine. So friends, don't be afraid to drink and take of this new wine. Don't be afraid to identify with a movement or a church that says, "Yeah, we need the new wine." You know, Jonathan um I was raised in a conservative evangelical church. Let's just let's just call it like you know maybe like a Baptist kind of a style, okay? But let's just say a conservative evangelical, and you know we were taught to be really careful about the things, of, about people who would talk about tons, people who would talk about healing, people who would talk about you know strange things, which we said that's all passed away, and you know I I came into. Uh, a season where I, where I started looking at the scripture and, uh, and I thought, you know, I think maybe, what if those things are still there? And then at, at 25 years old, uh, my wife Gwen and I, who you know, we got placed into a pastorate about 25 miles, or I should say about two, 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 two hours away from here. And, um, you know, we hadn't had much experience with these supernatural things. Uh, and, and so we, we decided, no, you know what? We need, we, we, we need something in our church because we were there for about uh, six months pastoring the church, 25 years old. We realized we had two problems. Number one, we were in the dead church. That was the first problem. Second problem is that we were the leaders of a dead church. So if you know that there's are a dead atmosphere around you, and then also you're the leader of that and kind of responsible for it, then you want to do it. So we started crying out to God, and 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 God, in His grace, He um he he started healing people, and it actually started with some young people getting deliverance, and we didn't know that Christians.
0: And were you asking for that at the time?
1: Um, we were starting to. Th- that this is possible. And then in a youth group one time, we, we started praying for some young people who had been playing this game called Dungeons and Dragons, which was maybe before your time. But it, was, it kind of was a game that invited dark spirits. And when we prayed for them, they started like having these dark things appear and voices come and we prayed and, and these, uh, these voices left. And you could see from their faces that they got freed. And so this is, you know, we were in a context that we didn't believe that Christians needed deliverance. And so that was a surprise to us. And then the next surprise was we laid hands on this young 11-year-old girl who had had some serious stomach issues all of her life, and she couldn't eat certain things. When she would eat them, she would immediately throw it throw it right up. And just kind of like, well, maybe God help and, and she accidentally got healed, okay? And, and that became like a stir in the church. So we had a deliverance, we had healing. And, then, um, and then, then my wife and I went up to Sault Ste. Marie, which is about eight hours north of here, for a vacation. And um, if this, is now by, this is now May 1984. Uh, and uh, I was sitting in her living room, my, my mother-in-law's living room, late at night. And uh, everybody had gone to sleep. And there's this big glass window, you know, in their living room t- to the outside. And I could feel this cloud coming fr- from outside through that window inside. And it, I, could, I could feel it growing and growing in that cloud, oof, just thinking about it. The cloud got on me. Again, I I didn't see it, but I could feel it. And my hand shot up, and I spoke in tons for three hours. Now, what was fascinating, Jonathan, is this. About 10 years ago, 10 years before that, my mother-in-law saw a man by the name of Arthur Blessett walking in front of her house. Arthur Blessett had... um, uh, had a goal, he, he had a mandate from God to, to carry the cross around the world. And my mom, or excuse me, Gwen's mom told her, go outside and give a glass of water to this guy carrying the cross. And so that happened about 10 years before I, this experience that I had with the Holy Spirit. And so Gwen took this water out to Arthur Blessed right in front of the house. He drank the water and then, and then put his hand on her and spoke in tons. So he spoke in tons. She had no idea what it was. Ten years later, just 100 yards away, that cloud came through the, the picture window, got on me, and I spoke in tons for three hours. And, and you know, when, when, when the Holy Spirit breaks in, you never know where it's going to lead to. It was amazing as we kind of tracked this. And so the, 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 our story goes that, so we, we went back to our church and um, we started kind of sharing that all these gifts are for today again, and it caused kind of quite a stir in our, in our church. And um, w- one of the things that I had to do when I started receiving the Holy Spirit is I had to apologize to people for causing them to reject the Holy Spirit because my two favorite hobbies were golf and talking Pentecostals out of speaking in tongues, And and so one evening, a guy, my friend came to my Baptist office. It was a Saturday night. His name was Todd. And I said, Todd, listen, I'm so sorry. The Holy Spirit is real. We speak in tons. We're seeing healings. The, the the Lord is pouring out something, I don't even understand it. And while we were talking about the Holy Spirit, we started to hee hee hee. Oh, we started to laugh.
0: And did you have a grid for that at the time?
1: We had no grid. No, you you had a you had this 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 teaching out there, tons is for the day or not for today. Or teaching a grid out there, healing this for today, it's not for today. There's no grid whatsoever for the new wine. And as Todd and I sat there in my my office, uh, we started to laugh, and this he-he started turning into a ho-ho, and then a ha-ha, and the next thing you know, we are on the floor rolling. Now, I'm still a Baptist pastor, but he's on the floor rolling, I'm on the floor rolling, and it is a party going on, a new wine party going on in our office. And about 15, 20 minutes after that, I, I got off the floor, you know, kind of behaggled, <laughs> and, and um, Todd got off the floor, and we looked at each other like really half drunk by this time. And Todd asked a question and, and said, Dan, what was that? And, and I said, I have no idea but it sure felt good. And so that was my first experience with the wine and, and again this is 1984. We had we had no context for it. And and events like that happened over and over again um and through the 80s and and I I, I realized
0: Can I ask them was that cons- yes. was it consistent was it was it you inviting it or was it just spontaneously coming at points?
1: That's a great question at that particular time, I'd have to say that was just the sovereign hand of God coming. We were talking about the Holy Spirit. We weren't even speaking in tongues. I was literally apologizing to him. And so this was like this sovereign thing that the Lord, see, he he is making this feast. He's creating this feast for us. He is pouring this out with his hand. And so this is one of the the issues that I personally have in in renewal that I get concerned when I feel or I see people on altar calls, leaders or ministry teams on the altar call trying to push people or trying to help the Holy Spirit or trying to make something happen. Because so much happened with me, just just the sovereign encounter. Um, and so we don't have to help the Holy Spirit, everybody. Yeah, let's pray. Let's lay hands on people. But let's not turn people off because God is big enough to, to pour this out on, on folks. And it's just like you guys today. You were worshiping the Lord. You were basically singing the drinking psalm. Sh- Shalom is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you right. wanted to keep on drinking.
0: We didn't expect it.
1: You didn't expect it. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> Arriba! But we did pray for it. We did pray for it. We did. We, we did. prayed for new wine to come. And I was praying last Should night. Should have expected it. <laughs> I, was, I was praying last night. Lord, let the, I'm talking about new wine. Let new wine come. And so there, there needs to be, come on, Lord, we're open to this. And so that was my first encounter. So let's go back to the scriptures, though. Let's go back to Genesis 49. Um, because we want to be word and spirit, people. Genesis 49 um, a pr- one of the first prophecies of, of the Lord Jesus, uh, a, I should say, about the Lord Jesus and what he's going to do. Now, in this particular context, he, he is called Shiloh, which means he's, he's the one who's going to rule. He's the one who's going to reign. And Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, says Shiloh is coming. Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. But in verse 11, regarding this prophecy of the Lord Jesus coming to rule and reign, he says, binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. And and years ago, the Lord showed me this scripture. Here's the Lord Jesus. He's on a donkey. That means wherever he goes, he's going to bind what he's traveling on to a vine. He's always going to be connected, you know, not just to an oak tree or acorns or maple syrup or maple. You know, the Lord has chosen this picture of the vine and the vineyard all through Scripture. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus said, "I'm the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser." Okay, so what's the purpose of a vineyard? Okay, everybody. If God calls the church, now He calls the church many things. He calls us the the bride. He calls us um, the temple, but He calls us a lot. He calls us the vineyard, and a vineyard is not made for peanut butter. It's not made for almond milk. It's not made for coconut water. All those things are good, but the vineyard is created for wine. And, and when the Holy Spirit poured out right here in this building in the early part of the revival, we were the vineyard, and I believe still have that vineyard DNA upon us. And uh, so the Father is a vine dresser. And the Lord Jesus, the son, wherever he goes, is going to attach his donkey. That what, that's what he travels on. He's going to attach it to a vine. And out, so out of the vine, there's going to be grapes, wine, and joy. So no matter what, 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 many other things are going to happen in the church. But he will attach it to the, to the, the root of joy. You know, I, I, just, I just love... Um, Uh, different translations, as you're using one in um, the NASB in English, I'm using NKGV in in English. But in the Ukrainian Bible, the son of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 4. So it's uh, in in English, uh, he's brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. In the Ukrainian Bible, it says he's brought me to his wine cellar and his banner over me is love. You know, friends, when we get the joy of the Lord into us, it's amazing how much we're going to start loving each other better. And with your joy, you're going to have more fruit. You're going to have more love, more joy, more peace, the fruit of the Spirit. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 says, We are strengthened with joy. We are strengthened with joy. Joy is a weapon. And in, and in the, the dark days of our time, you know, the Lord just wants to keep on pouring out uh, this, this joy and this new wine to strengthen our spirits in these difficult days. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So, so, Dan, for, for people that this is a bit new to, um, you reference Acts passage. So I, I think the church is maybe historically more comfortable with wind and with the analogy of fire. And I guess people have maybe been scared off by New Testament scriptures that talk about not being drunk with earthly wine. And maybe they've been scared off by that. But you're, you're talking about the wine bringing joy. So whereas fire would bring repentance and purification, wine is bringing joy.
1: Yes. And, and, and just on that point, okay. So... Uh, that's that's a great conversation, Jonathan. The fire we've had uh, fire revivals in the sense of conviction, weeping, you know, and and a lot of church is kind of used to that. Um, but joy is also a weapon for a sustained holiness. Say it again. Joy is a weapon for sustained holiness. Now, let's let's just look at that from the book of Nehemiah, common passage, which we all know, out of uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 8 to 10. All right, so here a revival comes to the people of God as they're rebuilding the temple. So the the temple has been rebuilt, and and now it's... um, now it's a, uh, you know, a challenge, we're going to rebuild the wall. And so Nehemiah, whose, whose name actually means comforter, has uh, the task of rebuilding the wall. And, and so they read the word of God, and everybody gets under conviction, and they start crying. Oh, I haven't lived up to this. And we, we all can relate to that. You know, the word is, re- is read by the, the, the book of of, uh, excuse me, it was read by Ezra. And then in, in, in Nehemiah chapter eight, verse nine, Nehemiah, and I love this, whose name means comforter. Who's the comforter? He's the Holy Spirit. Verse nine, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy To the Lord your God, do not mourn nor weep. Oh, wait a minute. Let's just sit back and talk about, that's an amazing phrase. This day is holy. Don't go around just crying. Now, often in a Christian context, you would think, really, holiness is an exhibit only just by mourning and crying, and we're just bad people, and, and we just need to cry about it all the time. But here's a revelation from the kingdom this day is holy, don't weep. For all the people wept at the end of verse 9 when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to the Lord. Wait a minute, there is holiness mentioned again. So here's the question. What does holiness look like? That's a great question. What does holiness look like? Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. To sustain this repentance, to sustain this revival, to sustain the strength of holiness in us, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. That is a marvelous uh, revelation for the body of Christ that there's an inner empowerment of joy. Oh, excuse me. Arriba. There's an inner empowerment that will come to your life when the joy of the Lord is in your spirit. And then the next verse again, it repeats the same thing. The Levite said to all the people, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. So there's a time to be grieved. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. Let's confess it. Let's get over it. And we need to take sin seriously, friends. But the sustaining walk needs to be sustained by the joy of the Lord. And so, um, I mean, there's just many illustrations, you know, and that we're, I know that we're under um, a clock here. Uh, and I will kind of make a little point. You know, I've heard John Arnett say this past week, you can't put the Holy Spirit on a clock. But anyways, we're on a clock here right now. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we need to be able to uh, have faith for this joy. Now, just as we kind of end uh, I just want to make a point. I could give you many dramatic experience, experiences where the joy of the Lord hit me. I've laid on this floor, in the floor of New Orleans, on others, where, where, joy, where joy has hit. And it's been a, a very powerful encounter. But there's, I think most of the joy is going to come for us when we're just meditating. We are putting ourselves before the Lord. We're exchanging, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, says um, those who wait upon the Lord will exchange their strength. In other words, they will give our weak human strength for his strength. And there's something that just happens when we uh, wait on the Lord. And, and so you're not always gonna be in Toronto to, to laugh on the floor, but the times of waiting on the lord you are going to be able to just sense his strength and his empowering you know Jonathan I know that we're we're and can you sh- can you share briefly an encounter that you've had with with the new wine
0: uh, yeah for sure I, re- I remember um, in my baptist church growing up it was a, a charismatic baptist church in the UK and I distinctly remember moments where we would have conferences. We'd actually have people from this church coming and visiting in South London, and I probably didn't have a theological grid for it. I was probably a bit young for that. But I remember seeing, and maybe this is maybe even more impactful, not knowing all the theology of it, but but knowing serious people turned glad, and knowing people that maybe were a bit heavier people becoming very silly and joyful. And um, I did not understand it. And yet I remember being filled and laughing. Um, And I have to say, I think my experience with the Holy Spirit, like weaved from, you know, joy that would make me laugh uncontrollably to joy that would bring this gladness that almost felt like relief. You know, like the sense that everything sad had come untrue mm. and that it would make me cry because it felt like a taste of heaven, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, that was my early experience of, of joy was, was people in my Baptist church waiting on the Holy Spirit, being filled, shaking, falling over, um, but laughing and just being at peace with themselves and God. Yeah.
1: Wow. And so it it breaks, going back to that first Isaiah 25, it it broke a veil um, of either seriousness or maybe a religious spirit. To joy, this new wine, it breaks a veil. So friends, we want to pray for you. So we have a few minutes left, and here's what we're going to do. Jonathan and I are just going to, we're going to pray for you together. Um, I'm going to release the Holy Spirit Jonathan is going to release the Holy Spirit. We want you there in your homes or however you're listening, just to get into a heart posture of receiving. Ah. (sighs) I'm going to keep my, my six feet. Don't worry, Jonathan, though. I just want to stand here. Oh, my goodness. Oh. There's a biting wine in this house, by the way. You know, he's brought me to his wine cellar and his banner over me is love. So, Father, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us the wisest thing that we can do is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The wisest way that we could use our time is to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we want to use this time right now, Lord, to... Receive the joy of the Lord. And I just see right now as, as we're waiting on you, Lord, I, I see those who are, re, who, who, who are just in this place of depression and discouragement and actually unbelief. Father, I release joy upon them to bring them into a place of faith. Come, Holy Spirit, right into their hearts, right into the rooms where they're sitting, where they're standing. I say receive. You may, friends, you may even want to just take a cup in your hand. You may want to take a barrel in your hand and say, Lord, fill my barrel, fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. And we got to be childlike in this, you know, uh, but let's just receive the Holy Spirit today in his new wine. He's always pouring out his new wine. Come Holy Spirit. Arriba. and Lord, I pray that you would put drinking songs on these people today. Lord, I pray that they would look up on the YouTube holy Spirit joy drinking songs, just like this morning, you sovereignly came and during the worship and you released drinking songs to us and Shaloma and Jonathan and the team were drinking. You know, it says in Revelation chapter one, verse 10, it's a passage we didn't get into. It says, I got into the spirit on the Lord's day. And that word is an intentional coming into the spirit. It's not just being passive about going into, you know, hopefully the Holy Spirit comes upon me. It is taking steps to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit, Revelation chapter one, verse 10. So I encourage you to take a step to get into the joy of the Lord. Friends, let me share something. There's times in my private times with God, I'm just a little bit down, and I've done what Jonathan kind of led us to do in worship today. I just got up to my second floor. I just started dancing around. Not because I really had joy on me, but I got into the Spirit on the Lord's day. And so we can enter into the joy of the Lord. And so joy is a battle. New wine is a bad lot. The enemy doesn't want you to get into this. But you'll get into another level. Jonathan, pray for the people.
0: Yeah, Holy Shata Spirit, raba. I ask that you would uh, break off of us any unbelief. God, any cynicism or disappointment where we feel like we've pushed in and we haven't received all we were looking for. God, we, we lay those things down. God, give us clean hands and a pure heart today. And we ask that all mm. disappointment from yesterday would be washed away. And that you in your um, just graciousness would come and encounter each one of us. And God, we say, you know, now more than ever, we are desperate, desperate to know joy that goes past our circumstance. And so we're asking right now in our homes that we would know joy. And I just, I just see pictures of um, just little fountains. And that's an that's a, that's a image that's in the Bible of fountains, streams of living water coming out of us. And I just see fountains bubbling up in us. So just receive it. By faith, just start speaking it out saying, Holy Spirit, Shut come. Up. Holy Spirit, come. Fill me with joy. Fill me with joy. Overtake me with your goodness and mm-hmm. kindness. God, give, give us revelations of how extremely good you are that just undo us. Uh, with gladness we say come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit
1: yes Lord and I also I also see the glory of God coming on people's bodies as a as a protection in these days first Peter chapter 1 verse 8 says joy unspeakable full of glory one of the reasons that the Lord brought joy to us in these days is that he wants to he wants us to get us get us into the glory joy and glory and wine and angels all go together joy and sometimes sometimes i just say those phrases joy wine glory angels and trust me all of those come together in a context of joy and so keep on drinking everybody Keep on drinking. John chapter seven, verses 30 to 7, 37 to 39. Out, anyone who believes on me, let him come to me and out of his inner, his inner man, but let him come to me and drink. Let him come to me and drink. And so we don't just think when we come to the Lord, we drink of him as well. Drink through practical ways like soaking, put joyful songs on, get into atmospheres, get into small groups, where you can drink, take time to drink in your personal devotions, not just to pray, but actually just to think. Take time to drink of the the joy of the Lord and communion in the Lord's table. Intentionally come into the Lord's presence and drink and let him sustain you in your walk in holiness. As Nehemiah said, this day is holy The joy of the Lord is your strength. A discouraged person is gonna be more tempted to sin and to the world. A depressed person, it works on your flesh and you're gonna fall easier. But the joy of the Lord is an empowerment to us to have us to walk in holiness, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Bless you. Come
0: on. Take the new wine. Come on. Thank you, Dan. We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.